I'd like to welcome to the What I've Learned podcast, critically acclaimed singer-songwriter Emily Lubitz. She's at the helm of acclaimed indie folk band Tin Pan Orange. Together with her brother Jesse, their stylized folk music is described by Rolling Stone magazine as deep dives into heart-sleeved honesty equally matched by the cinematic stretches of detailed string arrangements and brooding folk pop features. In 2018, they worked with Meg Mack and Courtney Barnett's producer to produce a suite of new tracks for the band. They've toured with indie legends Martha Wainwright, Iconic The Cat Empire, and Emily's voice was heard by 120 million people singing the train sensation, Dumb Ways to Die. So for those of you who haven't heard Emily's brushed velvet voice, as described by the Melbourne Age, here's your chance. As part of the Festival of Jewish Arts and Music, Emily joins a stellar lineup of talented women singing and paying tribute to the legendary Leonard Cohen. So you're working on the ladies who sing Leonard with some of the best female musical artists in the tribe. What has it been like working with them and what have you learnt from that collaboration? So it's really exciting to be part of this event. Um, Because of um, the nature of the world at the moment, it hasn't been as collaborative as one might have wanted. Um, I know the original performance was a lot more collaborative because it was a a show in Melbourne Um, last year. I, I couldn't get down for it. So um, this one, we're all, it's, it's an online event. So we're all doing our own kind of um, versions of um, a, a Leonard Cohen song and then it's sort of being curated at the other end and put on um, as an online thing. So I wish I could be in the room with um, Katie Noonan and Emma Donovan and Kate Sobrano and, and all the rest. Deborah Conway. Yeah. yeah. That would be super great, but unfortunately we will not be in the same room. <laughs> so, so the question is, that's interesting though, because the question is, can, you know, how have collaborations been impacted? Obviously you're not in the same room, but in a sense, I suppose you're on the same journey in that you're trying to obviously create this wonderful um, experience and insight into the Leonard Cohen story. So do do you still feel like you're collaborating or you don't? Um, I personally, I feel a little um, uh, separated from that collaborative thing, um, sadly. I know Anita Lester, who is curating the show, she is probably, you know, she sort of, and, and Lior, who, who um, is the artistic director of Faux Jam, they've been working probably a bit more together on um, that side of things. But, um, yeah, I, I wish, I mean, I've done lots of these kinds of tribute shows um, and they're always such a joy um, because of that, because of the collaborative aspect. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think we're all just sort of just like in our own little our, our own little cells, yeah. yeah <laughs> little cells, somewhat yeah. interconnected but in a different way and that's reflective of the pandemic and the, the way that it's impacted the arts. But hopefully by next year you'll all be on stage and it'll all be something I that we can so. celebrate. I mean, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think we will and there'll be a boom, you know. It's going to be like after the war. Everyone's just going to be out and dancing and I know. And- <laughs> Melbourne's already <laughs> starting. <laughs> Yes, it's very true. And tell me, who chose your song? Did you get to choose the song that you, the Leonard Cohen yes. song? 
we all got so, to choose our own songs and I'm not sure if I'm, uh, we're allowed to say who's singing what or what we're singing I don't I think it might have to be a surprise oh okay um, yeah but then it's good <laughs> that you got to choose at least well, look, yeah, well I mean yeah. put it this so many you can't go wrong you can't go wrong really let's be honest it wouldn't matter which one that you you ended up singing I'm sure it would be uh well received by your audience because he's written so many and as a songwriter singer yourself what have you learned from some of the Leonard Cohen songs and what is how have you been inspired by Leonard Cohen like so many of us everyone has yeah I know he's like a little bit hard to um hard to avoid uh in in a, in life and especially being a songwriter um which is great it's not so he's not someone you want to avoid um yeah. god I'd love I wouldn't avoid him you know at a party I'd love to hang out with him yeah um, um, so I grew up with him, like totally just in mother's milk, you know, like on the CD player all the time. Um, he's sort of part of the furniture a little bit. And I think I probably took him for granted as a child. And also, and there was definitely a time when I really just hated his voice. Like, oh, what is, like, mum, what, what what are you listening to kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And then as a teenager, certainly just finding the poetry and just being like oh okay yeah now you got it you get it yeah um yeah so he he's I've always um loved him and I've seen him live a couple of times and he's very good live he was very good live and it was really quite a privilege to get to do that because obviously on stage he actually was quite impressive and I think he was 75 or you know he was quite when I saw him and he was still up there and out there. And I was about to say he's cross-generational, which I think is reflected in what you've said. Uh, You know, your your mum was listening, your parents were listening to him and then you're listening to him and now hopefully next generation. Tell me what what it is that resonates for you with some of, and is there a song that stands out? So many, so many. I was just thinking when you were saying, you know, seeing him live, I think as an as an artist I learned so I've learned a lot from him just listening to his songs in terms of being a songwriter but as a performer I think I learned so much from watching him perform and like he um his his generosity to the audience and his generosity to and his his deep respect for his band was just so cool like you know he did these three-hour shows you're just giving 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 to, to to the crowd um leaping around you know oh man just leaping so kind of nimble and and, he, and his band like whenever anyone did a solo he I mean it's part of his shtick I suppose but it was just like for me he would take off his hat and he just turned to them and he just listened to them you know I mean it's it it's, was such a so so graceful so much grace and I think that was a huge lesson for me as a performer I was like oh if I could just get a little bit of that you know into into whatever I do that's that would be cool oh that's um, wonderful I love that and I think you're obviously and I'm assuming that that's something you've imbued because you've toured quite a lot you've done Europe you've done you've done a yeah. lot of touring have you found yeah. that you've honed that skill and applied some of that uh joie de vivre that he has on stage 
I mean, I like to, I mean, I like to think, so I think, you know, as an artist, I'm, you're constantly looking, you're constantly looking at what other people are doing and, um, and sort of appreciating that and sort of, um, things are, uh, sinking into whatever I do, you know, it's, we get sort of affected by the culture around us. Um, and so, yeah, I hope, I hope that I've imbued some of that, you know, just some of that grace and that, that respect that he has for just everyone around him. Yeah. Well, you work with your brother, which is really interesting. Um, how old were you when you, uh, I suppose, realized there was a creative synergy because, um, you know, like we're musicians too, my brother plays music, I play music, but at the end of the day, making a career out of that um, synergy is a very different thing. So how old were you guys and what is it that brought you together? So we, I mean, we fought like cats and dogs as children. (laughs) (laughs) They they always threaten, oh, we're going to take you to the psychologist next time. So I don't know why they didn't. God, I mean, therapy is so cool these days. Back then it was like a a threat. Anyway, Mm. (laughs) um, I, so they, um, we, we fought off and then as teenagers, I think we just, we started sharing friends. He's two years older than me. We started like sharing friends and hanging out and going on camping trips and probably singing around the campfire and stuff like that. And um, realised that we actually quite liked each other and we became good friends. And, um, I mean, I didn't, I never really planned a career in music um, sort of until, I don't know, my early 20s. I, 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 yeah, I wasn't an aspiring musician as a teenager. I was quite shy. Um, and, like I was never in the school musicals. Or if I was, I was like very much chorus. Like the tray at the back? <laughs> Yeah, like I get really nervous and I often start laughing on stage. Like I was really unprofessional. It wasn't. No one who knew me in high school would have would have guessed that I would now be this would be my job. So um, yeah, it kind of gradually crept up on me though. I think, and we would sort of just pl- we'd play um, at open mic nights, and then we started like busking and just. Uh, you know, getting little gigs here and there. And then we started getting booked for festivals. And I think that's when it started sort of becoming more of a, uh, we just had a lot more offers and um, we got on the, the folk festival circuit, I suppose. And, and that was, yeah, it started taking up a lot of life. Yeah. And do you work, do you find then, because obviously you're on the road together and I know you've got a third party as well, a third member, but do you do you find that you have to be super uh, disciplined about the way that you're interacting and obviously you have fun and it's great, but it's family, yeah. so at times you just want to go, can you just like leave the room? What <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yes, definitely there's like that element of like, you know, whatever, we can press each other's buttons, we can, um, there's that, yeah, irritation factor. But um, I think we have pretty good boundaries and do you know what? He's hilarious. I find him re- like, and my other bandmate, like we laugh a lot on tour, which is pretty cool. And especially now after all these years when we get back on the road, like we just, we, we laugh heaps and I think, I'm so grateful for that. And so, you know, that that when we get into weird situations, you know, on the road, like sometimes things don't go to plan or you're staying in a weird place, you know, it's like 
you get to the hotel and it's, you know, it's not actually a hotel. It's just like Ralph's place, you know, and you're just like, hi, yeah. Ralph. <laughs> well, at least you know you're, <laughs> you're a bit protected. At least you know you've got sort of your brother there and he'll keep an eye Mostly, out for you. That's what it is. We're there for each other. And also I think the thing with touring a lot is you miss out on stuff. So when you're away a lot, you know, we've missed, you know, you miss, you miss birthdays of friends and family. You miss weddings. We missed the birth of our first nephew. We're in, we did this awful gig in Toowoomba and we were, you know, I was in the motel like through the night getting texts from my brother-in-law and just wishing that I, you know, but to have my brother there, we could sort of, um, we could be, be sad together about missing out. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I actually get that. I, I think there's something quite beneficial about having family on the road. I actually yeah. think there's something nice about that because you could sort of, yeah, it just gives you a feeling that you're not away from home, even though you are. It's, it's there's something quite special about that. Well, I actually could listen to you all day. I have to say, I love the soulful, indie, peaceful warm folk storyteller vibe that you guys have um and I'm obviously a slightly older generation but at the end of the day I think that's really quite sophisticated your sound you have a really sophisticated sound and I actually love it I think it's quite special so is that something that you feel has changed over time or do you think that you set out with um that? oh I think it's definitely changed over time I mean I I, I think I hope to think that we've gotten better <laughs> Um, sometimes, I mean, yeah, I, sometimes I listen to the old stuff and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. L- good. Like good that that's out of print, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you won't be putting that yeah. one on Spotify. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think, I think we have honed it. We've honed our songwriting craft. We've honed, um, the way that we produce the music and play it. So, Yes. So you have, there's an evolution. Yeah. What you're saying is you can see your evolution. I was actually having a look at the rich man video. I love the song, I have to say. And, um, I also love the video. I thought it was really creative and a little mesmerizing. It was sort of like, I'm imagining, and obviously you can extrapolate on this, but it was about transformation and a sense of growth. And, um, I, I was curious, can you talk to me a little bit about that? because it's it's interesting it's quite a creative uh piece yeah i think um i think that what the piece is so it's sort of me sitting um in a chair and <clears throat> i have two hands on either side of me kind of putting um furs and then taking them off putting jewels and then taking them off putting makeup and like kind of um and the song is about a woman who is um with um a rich man uh i guess um the clip is kind of in uh, a, a, a it's about a woman maybe being controlled um, and uh, and being controlled with um, with things, with money and wealth. That's how I read um, it, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, by the end she sort of um, takes everything off and I'm naked and I smear my makeup. Yeah. It's taken you three minutes to get there anyway. So, um, 
uh, yeah, it's it's about that. And um, it was really fun to make, actually. All my film clips, all our film clips, usually I come up with the idea and then I just get my mates to, like, help me. You know, they my mates will style and um, we'll often get a, a professional filmmaker to, to be on that side of things. But um, that was a really fun thing to do. Each arm is a friend of mine and they're just like messing with me. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very cool video. And also it really exemplifies what you're trying to say in the, in the song. It's actually really clear from that video and the simplicity of it is quite effective. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I thought it was great. And so tell me, Emily, what's next for you? What do you, what would you like to see? Assuming we open up and the world becomes mm. somewhat normal. Normal. So that would be nice. I, I um, Tintan Orange will be releasing an EP early next year. Um, so that'll be great. And we'll be touring fingers crossed, um, early next year to middle of next year. Um, yeah, during lockdown, I wrote, uh, um, I was writing, I pretty much, yeah, wrote an, a children's album, which was really fun to do with my friend, Jess Ribeiro. Um, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. For what sort yeah. of age group? So like th- maybe three, four, year old and also your husband's a, a singer songwriter he's he's with the cat empire um do you guys ever c- collaborate together do you because the cat empire obviously has quite a very dedicated following and i'm sure you've been to some wonderful concerts and been on the road with him too so what sort of do you ever collaborate you two we do. Um, he has a lot to do with the Tin Pan Orange recording. Actually, he, he, I, I always have him in the studio with me, whatever I do, pretty much, um, because he's just he's a wealth of kind of ideas. He's got good ideas and he often might engineer it or help produce um, our work or my stuff. So, I mean, it, it can get tense, um, uh, more tense than my brother. I think it's maybe <laughs> for me it's easier working with my brother than my husband. But we, <laughs> I get it. So it's you know, and I just I wouldn't do it without him because he's yeah, um, and you know I've, I I often will sing um, backing vocals on his recordings and stuff like that. So yeah, we do. We we often work together. And what have you learnt from each other? Um, <laughs> patience. <laughs> yeah, great, great patience. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a lot. Oh gosh. I mean, I can't say what he's learned from me. I'm sure it's a hell of a lot, but I, what I've learned from him is he's got, he's got amazing ideas. He's got amazing, um, just musical ideas, melodic ideas, production ideas. And, um, so often, even sometimes he won't be there and I'll sort of think, oh, what, what would, what would Harry do? What would Harry do right now? But, um, so yeah, it, it, he's, he's good. <laughs> well, lucky you, you're surrounded by beautiful creative spirits, which I'm sure help facilitate your own creativity. So we're looking forward to hearing you perform uh, the Leonard Cohen song of your choice, which we don't know yet, but we will, all will be revealed. And I want to thank you for taking the time to have a chat to us and wish you well and look forward to hearing the new EP when it's out. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Deb. Absolute pleasure. Have a great one. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've learned as much as I have. 
The show will be coming to you free every month and a subscription is the best way to ensure you get each episode downloaded straight into your pocket. For more stories or for an opportunity to tell your own, head to my website, mindfilmandpublishing.com. In the meantime, stay curious, kind and connected. With love, Deb. Deb.